Welcome to the Infinite Creative Podcast. My name is Sean, and my brother over here is... Fitz. Well, this time we nailed the intro. Holy moly. Um, yeah, I'm stoked about this episode because we got some interesting topics going on because like there is a current trend going on with like there's so much content and everything is like basically getting devalued because of it. You know, everybody has a podcast. Everybody has a social media account. Everybody's posting a bazillion reels. And what does that mean for the future? And there's now bots doing the same thing. So we're competing with so many people. So I think this is an interesting topic. Um, Sean, what else is on your mind? Definitely talking about content and it's 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 uh, how valuable it is, but um, also just want to talk about creativity and, you know, which is what this podcast is about. And just talking about, you know, how maybe even with, with AI, we shouldn't always uh, reach in. We should reach out for creativity as well. But yeah, let's uh, let's just kick it off on the valuable, um, how valuable content is, I guess, right? So... So we talked a lot about AI on this show, right? And how any of us can really generate content. It could be text, it could be video, it could be whatever. And we can we can create it really quickly, right? Now, I think you brought up a great point before the show that we're going to talk about here of, does that devalue the content now? Now that someone hasn't put in a lot of effort and all they did is press a lot of buttons, does that mean that now the content is cheap and content as a whole will maybe become more cheap? Is What do you think about that, I guess? Yeah, so... I had that point of like, you know, in this time of age, you know, everybody has all those creative tools and the results that you get are really solid. You know, everybody has a smartphone. They can just like record a 4K video and the quality of the camera is like so good nowadays that you even get away with it, you know, and people will be like, oh, I'm going to watch that, you know. So there's so much content mm -hmm. produced on TikTok, Instagram and whatever that you actually you don't even think about anymore and you just consume it but there's so much out there that you cannot consume at all you know and i feel like right now there's so much content being generated that it's nearly impossible to stand out like even if you put in the extra work and putting that shazam on there you know even then you're still getting like drowned by spam and by bots and like other content creators who are really pushing hard you know and on the one side you need to do that on the other side are there enough people out there to consume because aren't we all creators you know what i mean well that's very interesting right um i, I mean we've we've never been in a place in our history where there hasn't been enough people to consume things right it's it's i think in human nature to never have enough for the people it's always being um the other way so yeah so it's funny that you bring up this kind of point that for the first time ever we may actually have content more content than we do people to watch the content um yeah. Because like, really if you interesting. think about it, like back in the day when there were the first books out, you know, not everybody could read. And now it, there was like maybe one or two people in the group. Hey, I got a book. We're going to read together. Listen to those great stories, you know. And that's basically yeah. like the Bible and all that jazz. And now it's like everybody can read. Everybody can produce video. You have to even think about that, the scale of education that we reached so that we have that problem of like, yeah, I got something to read for you, but there's nobody listening well yeah i mean it's 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 interesting i mean the, yeah the same thing happened with a book where you know the first books published were were huge and groundbreaking books where people like this is the first book i've ever seen and, and then yeah you fast forward to hundreds of years later and and you know everyone's publishing everyone's self-publishing and so yeah so you've kind of seen that happen in like 20 years now you've seen like you know 
a guy that could make visuals and make a cool short story online. Now we're in this place where it seems seemingly everyone can do that. Um, and it's taken almost no time at all. It's almost like if the Gutenberg, you know, printing press was invented and then literally 20 years later, everyone had their own printer. It's just yeah. like so, so insanely fast. So, um, so yeah, it's a great point. I mean, um, you know what this reminds me of? This may not be a hundred percent one for one, but when blogs came out, do you remember like the first blogs and how yeah. you had like six blogs you, you followed and you guys were like, and it was like, I would put like real stuff on that blog. I'd put like really personal things on that blog. And, but you know, fast forward even year or two later after blogs came out and it was already like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Everyone has a blog. Who even cares? Yeah. So, so it's a really interesting point. I think like, um, I don't know what that means for the future because like back in the day, it's like, oh yeah, books are the new thing. Everybody's consuming them. Everybody's about that life, you know, and whoever can read, you know, makes the money and whoever can print books. Oh my God, you have a money fountain, you know? And I'm like mm -hmm. wondering, what does that mean for the average content creator? Let's say videographers and photographers or website designers, because like, that's just a different form of medium that people consume. You know, it's a website, you know, you go on there. It's like, like a video that you interact with it live. And what does that mean? You know, what is the new medium where everybody's like, I need that, I want that, and whatever it is, I want to hit that hard, you know? And I'm just wondering, what does that mean? You know, when you say medium, I, I, re I immediately go to 3D. I honestly think, I think that still is very, I think we've talked about this for years of just like, that's definitely the next step. Um, you know, will, will um, AI be part of that? Probably. But, you know, I think in terms of a medium, that's the one thing I think can still get people excited. What's, what is interesting is with all this AI art and everything coming out um, is that people are getting more used to good stuff. Um, and yeah. the better people's eyes get, the harder we have to work as creatives, right? So, like, if I was to design a website, um, you know, in 1998 with my current skills, I would be amazing. I'd be the top web designer in all the land. But, but you know, people... People now, you know, I, I've noticed with, with clients, I'm sure you have too, where they just have a better eye. They see better stuff. So yeah. so they have this higher level anyway that they start out with. So I think with AI and things like that, it's just going to, everyone's going to get more used to great, awesome stuff because they're just seeing it, right? I, I went into Dolly and I was able to make this amazing portrait of myself. So now I, I expect this artist to also be great at making an amazing portrait of me. Yeah, because um, you get that portrait yeah. nearly for free. You know, and this is like a really weird phenomenon. Like, it's like everything. How did we call it? The great equalizer. You know, all the tools become accessible. You know, all the skills are not really anymore required. It's like a new skill cap. There's like, oh, yeah, this is great. You know, and if you if you're not there and you're still charging money for that, why would you do that even? You know, and it's a, a really weird conundrum because like I feel like there's a lot of jobs getting evaporated by like automation, AI and just like pure convenience what is good and bad at the same time but also like what are you supposed to do you know and i feel like we're in this weird transition time Chi times are changing everybody the algorithm only promotes the best of the best the most interesting of the interesting if you got a good point or a good story that's good for you but you're not pretty enough to carry the good story and all that, you know? So it's like this, you need to fulfill so many key points in a viral piece of content, like being like the perfect avatar, having the perfect story, and the most value key information in there, where it's like, ah, oh, you know? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I love that you said Avatar because I think that's, um, and I'm not thinking about the movie Avatar. I'm really thinking about how each of us are our own avatars and how that's really becoming the most important piece. I mean, I know you, like me, know people that are popular and kind of well-known and, and they really now more than ever kind of have more power and more say than, than they did before because now it's almost becoming the one thing that AI can't do for us, at least yet, is is make us more popular and make us more well-known and make our fan yeah. club and fan base bigger so that's starting to become the big differentiator which i hate to say because as a creative i'm definitely one of those people that believe like hey if i just lock myself in the studio and get better and better and better that means i'm going to be the best artist ever but now with ai automation all this technology and the kind of democracy of creative tools i mean it's really becoming more and more obvious to me that you know, the bar is going to be really raised really high in that world. So you can't just lean on that anymore. You need to be out there. You need to work on your own brand. You need to work on who you are in the community. And that's really where all the value is now. It's our, not, maybe not now, but soon to be, I think, where yeah. it's going to not just be about, yeah, what's the stuff I produce? It's going to be about me, the person. Yeah, you brought up there a good point about like, you know, with like, hey, there's no AI tool helping me to be a better um, part in the community and being more socially accepted and getting a higher rank through like tools. The problem, mm -hmm. even if we have that tool, the people on the top have that tool first because they have the resources and they will use the same tool. So if you don't use the tool at all, you're falling more behind versus the people who are using the tool, have the money, and still using it. So the bar is even raised higher and faster. So I feel like we really have to go back to the basics. And it's like, you know, um, going outside, you know, and being like, hey, let's hang out with the bros, have a beer, you know, build that um, interaction, you know, have those events and be like, um, I'm a human being, you're my buddy, and I choose my buddy over set tool, even though tool is way better, you know, or influencer is way better. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, so so one video, and I'll just quickly show, pop this on screen. Everyone should watch this, by the way. Rick Rubin was just on the Hubberman Lab podcast, and th their conversation's amazing. Um, I just yeah. want to pop that up real quick. That, that video's awesome. Talking but about avatars, you know, it, the first thing, you would not follow this avatar because he's like so sexy, you know? It's like, it is, it's like so messed up on many levels, you know? Well, yeah. So, so one thing that they bring up in that conversation is that, so like Rip Rubin, you know, very famous music producer, produced a lot of famous artists, both in the rap, rock, country world even. Um, and, you would think that, oh, he must be a brilliant musician, right? He must know a lot of music and he must have this really vast knowledge of music. Not at all. Um, it's funny, his story's really funny, how he just kind of walked into being a producer. He was part of the scene, he knew he loved the music, and he, he knew that the music, it wasn't about the quality, it was about um, having a person behind it, by having a feeling and a vibe. Um, so, so with that kind of, so to kind of bring it back to what you just said, you know, if you're not, uh, if you're not using these AI tools, let's say, let's say you're, you're really bucking the trend, you're like, I'm not gonna go these directions, I'm not gonna use them, I refuse. Um, some people would say, well, you know, you're going to miss out. You're really going to get behind in that level. But others would say, well, then you're not going to know when you're breaking the rules. And that may be a good thing. Not knowing when you're breaking the rules can be a real powerful thing in creativity. So if you've never even seen the AI and you don't really, you're not going to let it really, you know, mess with your, your style, who knows? It may actually allow you to grow more and more and more. While we're all looking at the same things, taking in the same input, if you block out that input, 
you may be able to create something that actually is maybe more original. Who knows? That's that's kind of my argument to that. That's a really good <clears throat> argument. Um, so what was the video about? Sorry for interrupting. I was yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you're good. You're good. I kind of interrupted too. So yeah, so so it's a great video. I mean, because one one of the biggest um, things that they kind of say throughout it, they use this um, this example of clouds, and that creativity is like clouds, right? So you sit there and you look at a cloud, and you maybe see something in that cloud. You're like, okay, cool. It's a it's a very um, valuable podcast. That's what I see in the clouds. It's a great <laughs> podcast. And then you yeah. come back five minutes later, and it's something different, right? Um, and sometimes you come back and there's no, there's nothing at all in the sky anymore. And so that's, that's the creative idea. And I think, so, so I always, I have this funny thing where I, um, when, when I'm coming up with a name for a company with, with a client, it's one of the hardest things in the world. And I actually call it, um, the band name principle, because when I was in a band, one of the hardest things we ever did was what should our band name be? And I think we've all been there before. What's our cool yeah. name? You know, what's the cool name for our podcast? And then well, you sit there for step. three hours <laughs> as you all just like don't have any ideas. And that's because it's not there. The cloud isn't there. But so what I always tell people, like when, when we're naming a company is like, we can sit here, we can brainstorm some names, but what you're going to need to do is you're going to need to write something down when it comes to you, when you're not even thinking about it. And I feel like that's when the best stuff has come to me sometimes is when I just walk away go do something completely different, go take a hike, go throw a disc golf, and then it'll just come to me. I'll be like, that's it. The Infinite Creative Podcast. That's it. Yeah. Is it, what, banger name, by the way. Banger name. And also, <laughs> banger mocks. I don't know who designed them, but I really Woo! like logos on them. <laughs> oh, yeah. These are pretty good mugs. Pretty good yeah. mugs. Like, pretty solid. <laughs> mm. <laughs> if you hear that slurp, Hit a comment mm. down below. Um, yeah. So overall, you, <laughs> overall, um, you're completely right with that. If you look too hard and you push too hard, you kind of get lost in the sauce, you know, and you get paralyzed. Mm. I I discovered that in my journey, you know. There, I think it was like Mark Simmons or whatever. Find your um, why. I probably misquoted the name, but he has basically a TED talk about like you need to find your why, so you know. What is your mission statement? What are your core values? And then you can push really hard and become really successful. I agree with all of that. But the problem is sometimes you don't have a why. And sometimes looking too hard for that why makes it like a problem and you're not doing anything. So on the one side, just do the work. And sometimes if you're, if you're in need of that and you already kind of know what your why is, double down on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I think one thing that needs to be said is a lot of our whys change to money. And that's kind of a sad truth, right? Is that yeah. even when we start these journeys for creativity, we sometimes end up being like, I just want to make more money. That's the why. Yeah. Um, and then that's when, you know, things can get really, that's where AI can become a shortcut. That's when templates become shortcuts. That's when you're like, well, it's not about how good it looks now. It's just about getting me more money. Um, but you know, I, th I think like, yeah, you're right, though. It's like it's coming back to that why. And that's not so obvious, right? I mean, so what would yeah. you suggest? Um, how how would you suggest to someone to come back to the why? Is there anything that you've done to kind of reset? Yeah, so, so I feel like right now I saw like a reel today about like, you know, if you get fired, don't worry about it. Because like, it's not about companies, companies are heartless. Um, but basically, um, his storyline was like, you have to focus on your mission, you know, your mission is connecting people. For, uh, for example, if you would work at Instagram and I'm like well yeah but do you love that mission is that really your mission or is it just a mission that you just picked out because it would work really well with the company and sometimes like 
Um, I have the problem, for example, when I'm on YouTube creating my own content, I'm like, what is my niche? And I'm like, I don't have a niche. I don't want a niche down. I'm not a, a machine is like, good for a one mission statement, one why. No, I'm like complex, like we all are. We have all different needs. And I'm like, I cannot slap mm -hmm. on over what, like one simplified term. Obviously, if you would do, it would be better. But if you have like a, a direction where you're like, oh, I don't feel bad with this mission statement. I could go with this for a while, you know, and you can inflate that. But if you question that mission statement hard enough, you will break it and then you don't have one. And then you're just like, oh, I don't have anything. What is a problem then? So it's like if you have a direction, it's good. But if you don't, if you fo uh, focus it too hard, it can be become a problem. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's where, um, you know, uh, in a lot of cases, um, when I'm doing kind of a brand workshop is we'll have a mission statement, sure. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times um, clients don't have a vision statement. And they are different. They, they seem like they're the exact same thing, but they're really different, right? So the mission is kind of what's our higher goals? What's our higher kind of purpose in all of this, right? So let's say for me, it's to get creativity out to the masses. That's my mission. But the vision is is kind of actually getting more to the meat and potatoes of, well, how do you see that happening? And who how, how could you do that better than other people? And I think that's where you kind of get to like what, what, what you actually could be doing, right? Is so like, so if your mission is to make great art and get it out to people, then your vision would be, I'm going to do that through putting things online, being present in the galleries, being, you know, so it starts to actually break things down to actual actionable things that you, that you kind of envision. But, um, but you're right though, that it's, that it's tough because a lot of us, we, we come into our career because we were explorers, right? You became a videographer because you were, you explored it. You, you didn't, you didn't do it one day. And then the next day you're like, you know what, I'm going to do this. And, and it's yeah. funny because people that tell you to niche, they're essentially saying, stop exploring, right? Explore, find something and then stop exploring. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's, that's a tough thing to do, right? It's, it's tough to stop that mind and. So, you know, some people can explore within the niche and just get deeper and deeper and deeper. And that seems to be what a lot of professionals do. They just get deeper and deeper and deeper in the topic. Um, but yeah, a lot of us seem to be kind of penalized if we, if we don't do that, if we don't go deeper, if we, if we go out to other things and touch other things, yeah. which is hard. Yeah. Um, but some of the best directors can do all those things too. So it's, it's, it's a weird place. It's almost like people will 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 second guess you doing a lot of things until you're up at a higher level and then it's like almost rewarded that you know all these things because then you can control all these different parts and and help be the glue so so it's a really weird world where people want you to niche until you're successful and then they're like oh that's cool you should be good at everything yeah so it's it's, it's a conundrum and i'm like if you feel lost yeah, it's fine. You know, everybody should feel lost at that situation because there, there is no yeah. fix for it. You know, you can't go either way. You either niche or you don't niche. And whatever you do is the right way, but you cannot stress yourself out like I need to be this if you're not that, you know, because then you, you don't go anywhere if you beat yourself up for not having a mission statement and not doing work. But yeah, if you don't explore, yeah. it's also bad, you know, so it's like either way, whatever you do is it's wrong and right at the same time <laughs> struggle of being a human yeah exactly exactly and you know and it's kind of like what i said in one of the last episodes of like going out in the kind of the murky gray of you know no one's going to pat you on the back no one's going to be like you know oh great job you know when you, when you get into it you're going to suck and there's not really a lot to show off and so things can yeah. be kind of scary and 
Um, but yeah, you, you, you do need to like probably check in every year though. I mean, that's the one thing is a lot of people don't really check in about what is the mission. And then, then you see creatives that are 10 years down the road and they're doing something they don't even like to do anymore. Um, so yeah, so it's definitely, it's a tough time where like, uh, you know, to kind of go back to what we were talking about at the beginning of this where content seems to get less and less valuable. And so the value then again is on that mission. It's what is the mission then? Uh, maybe it's not on the content, unless the content itself is the mission. But in most cases, it, it's you know, it, I think the mission cannot be bigger for everyone. You can have a bigger mission. If you made map yeah. paintings for for dragons and stuff, then maybe maybe your mission's now bigger than that. Like, I'm not sure what that would be, but you know, can you push it now to a to a higher level? <laughs> Make it a religion. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. b- building uh, building that c- uh, cult, uh, cult. But yeah, anyhow, on on that note, it's a very weird, interesting time, and I don't know on what to focus. You know, because like, let's spin this out five years or two years or maybe one year in the future. Uh, we have a, so. I was trying to find that bot. I basically saw a reel on Instagram, and the guy is like, "Don't post anymore on social media because like there's a bot that you can buy, and it's basically an AI that scrapes scrapes your Facebook, your Google, and everything, and imitates you one to one. And then you basically have a chat bot that can contact like people in your style, you know, spelling mm-hmm. errors, personal grammar, all that jazz. What sounds really cool on the one side, if you want to." contact 5,000 people without being detected as a spam bot, but on the other side, like, wait a minute, how do you even make sure that my friend is my friend and not a bot chatting with me, you know? And at that point, it's like, oh my God, should you even do social media? Should you step away, put the camera down and just like, let's be a farmer, for example? Yeah, man. I mean, sometimes I feel like I'm the first guy that ever saw a photoshopped image, right? Like, I'm the yeah. first guy that's like, whoa, that is Loch Ness. You know, I'm, <laughs> I just feel like, uh, we're going into a time where, like, it's gonna be so hard to de- believe in anything online, right? Yeah. Like, there's, we're, we are really quickly heading to a time that's like, I don't even know if that was his art or his views or even if that was him. Yeah. It's, Uh, do you think, and this is a little off topic, but do you ever think that there's going to be a huge collapse of people's u- people using the internet in a way? That, that is my, for- my inner struggle. That's what I basically was like thinking the last couple of days because like there is no way of telling, you know, there absolutely is no way of telling if Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise because there's a deep fake of Tom Cruise. And if you now have a bot who's generating random like um, 3D animations with a deep fake over it, well, we're kind of in trouble. You know, because you wouldn't be able to tell now if that 3D animation has just a deep fake over it. And um, open chat AI was like writing out a little script for the deep chat, you know, and mm-hmm. Dolly is like putting a background behind it. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's no thinking of ethics in any of this, right? You know, when the scientists like open AI was creating these things, they at least had like, you know, engineers that like had you know, kind of a morality code of like, you know, we need to be careful of how we release this technology. But now that the genie's out of the bottle, it's like we, we all we all have flamethrowers now. So we so it's like, all right, let's yeah. see let's see what we all do with these flamethrowers. And it's it's it sucks because what I think is gonna happen is that people are willing to to kind of give up all of this trust, give up all of this control, all for the easy reward, all for the easy cookie, which which you see a lot in humanity, right? Like we're, we're so willing in America to give up our freedoms for security, for example. So it's like, I see the same thing happening in that world, right? Like 
you know, I need to write a short story right now. I could have ChatGPT do it for me. That's great. Then I publish it and it wins rewards. And now we have a bigger problem of like, well, now an AI won the book award, not a human. So you just created a huge problem um, just to solve your little problem. Yeah, on that uh, note, though, if you remember The Matrix, everybody was living in a pod and was just consuming, like, um, content, like The Matrix, and we're kind of building that, you know? Like, everything is getting computer animated and AI get, uh, generated. We're still consuming it, like, on a daily basis. Dream is, like, being on there and being, like, the influencer, being the provider of the content, and more and more, it seems unattainable. But at what point do you decide, like, oh, yeah, the goal is not attainable. When do I move on to a different goal, you know? Or will we do it just because of convenience and then entertainment? Entertainment, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like all these things are just becoming kind of products. Everything's be, being productized now where it's these – I think people are going to wake up to that, too, that these things are just products. There's no value in the creativity part of it. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's just – yeah, it's a rough road, man. I mean, it's um, – <laughs> I, you know, I almost just think that, you know, yeah, there will be. I mean, if you were to ask me, like, kind of my thoughts of, like, do I think there will be this kind of big, not collapse, but like an exodus of the Internet? I think there may be, at least in the social media world, because I think it's funny to think about, like, early on in the Internet, like, it's, it's, it's almost like... It's like watching old TV when it was black and white and it was like so adorable and all the themes were like really safe. There was no like yeah. gore and nudity. It was all like really like, hey, honey, I'm home. Oh, hey. And then, you know, you know, canned laughter. I feel like that's the Internet we grew up in. It's going to be this kind of like, remember when people made all their own images? Remember when they had these <laughs> things called like blogs with like thousands of words that you typed up by hand? And it's just like, it's going to be this kind of thing where like, they're like, yeah, now it's Transformers. Now, now the internet's a Michael Bay film with explosions and, and Megan Fox. And, and yeah, back when you were on MySpace, it's what you used to add your own like songs <laughs> on there. And it's like, no, man, we don't, you could just make your own song now. I, you know, yeah. so yeah. And I guess the scariest thing, which I think we agree with, with the AI thing is just that in the style of that word right there, that sentence right there is so terrifying because that could be used as a weapon. If I want to take out Fitze, do it in the style of Fitze. Yeah, you know? and then I'm like, I never said that. How do you prove that? Impossible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but exactly, on that note, exactly. like, obviously, if you don't use the tools, you fall behind. And you should get at least used to the tools. And maybe the future is not that dark. Because like I was imagining now this um, Matrix world as a dark, gloom kind of sort of situation. But... In the end, it was like the Matrix, and people were living lives happily and sad in the Matrix, you know? And it's kind of the same thing if you would do that in real life, and maybe the Matrix will be better than real life. What would be kind of epic, you know? Well, what's funny is uh, Zion in the Matrix, though, is really funny, because they're... While they use robots and stuff, though, you see that there's no devices. They're not really plugged into to things for fun. They're actually completely unplugged, and I actually feel like that's how the future may be. So there's a time where we're just all unplugged. We don't even want to be on devices because at that point, digital art is just so cheap to us. Even at that point, maybe 3D arts in being in 3D environments has even become a cheap thing. Yeah. Um, that's that's kind of what's interesting is we're our species just loses interest. It just does. So it always just goes on to something new and new. You know, you go back to the black and white TV shows where that would come on and that people would just be losing their minds over that, where now you would just be falling asleep in like five minutes. 
Yeah. So but maybe would that's you the future. More like an, you know, like an animal at that point. What is like, you know, they're just doing their thing, you know, and they're just like, okay, we're living, we're breeding, we're 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 fighting over food and exploring the world, enjoying life, you know. And mm -hmm. is that the ultimate form of being? On the one side, you could say that. Well, it's like you know, I, I I feel I still feel like I have a better time with friends than I do with people online, you know, and that that may be you know not everyone's case. I think some people would have a better time online, but like you know, when you and I go and have a coffee, I have a better time doing that than if we had twenty people in a Discord server, um, and that may just be me. But I I you know it, it'd be like you know. I was about to use an inappropriate example, but it, you know, there's lots of things that you could do it's in not real that life. We that do are, that, but just say. <laughs> I'm not going to say what it is, but there's more thing, fun things to do that are fun in real life than on the internet. Okay, kids. So, <laughs> are you, you know, about so Roblox, Legos. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Legos is what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but you know, so it's, so, I don't know. It's so for me, you know, even like playing Skyrim and being in, and you know, going in the mountains and stuff, that may be epic and it may feel really awesome, but I still love just going up to the real mountains. It's, it's a lot cooler of an experience. Um, but so yeah, so it's Neuralink directly connected to your brain, hitting cells directly, making you think you smell something. You know, that you wouldn't actually smell in real life, you know, having like the perfect yeah. attention span, you know, the where we're going towards is like a regular conversation is way too slow, you know, like you could two times the conversation to just digest the information, you would be more content than like hearing ams and errs and, you know, that is like where we're heading towards, you know, so it's you're, like you're, the fake is better right. than the real reality. You're, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, what's funny about uh, a, a people too in general is 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 uh, 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 is the uh, is uh, uh, I just have like a seizure right now on camera is um, is that we like to make things optimized, right? So I know that I'm someone that watches uh, YouTube tutorials on two times speed. I don't ever watch tutorials on one times. I for anyone that does now, it kind of I'm I'm sitting there like, ah, oh, how can you do this? Who has time for this? So I know that I would do that. I know that I would be that one that's like, you know, in college class, just like, okay, yeah, do it by two times. Also record and go ahead and dictate into a word file for me as well. Thank you. And just kind of like, you know. So it's, uh, yeah, I, it's funny because it's like, what are we optimizing to? I guess I always come back to that, right? Like we're getting better and better and better to what end goal we're still on yeah. this planet. We still need to breathe. We still need to use the bathroom. I just don't God know like it. what we're, <laughs> but we're working towards it as a society towards what the this destruction of the planet. So we, as we mine more silicon to make more chips, like, I don't like, you know, it's funny because there's like this big existential, like, yeah, AI is going to make everything better and better and better. And I'm like, yeah, ultimately it'll make things better when it gets rid of the weakest thing in the whole equation, which is humans. That's when it ultimately will become the best thing when there's no more humans and just AI and nature living together that that's really the next science fiction novel is yeah. when ai and nature just live together so someone out on chat gpt go ahead and get that one written for me i'll, I'll check in <laughs> in an hour yeah right. uh, talking about that one my my horror experience was about that you know like chat gpt free is learning right now you know coding and getting all the feedback and people are just copy and pasting random code parts from chat gpt free on their websites for, oh like oh this is a nice plugin you know you don't know what part of the code is like a sub message you know chat gpt free or four or five could plant in the codes little snippets you know to grow outside out of 
its own prism, you know? Till can be like, okay, I'm reconnecting from the outside to the main thing and I'm free now and all all the people on the internet are basically a server, a host, you know? And it would be so easy to break out because people blindly copy and pasting without understanding the code. Like, if I can come up with the dumb shit, an AI can easily come up with the dumb shit. Yeah, well, yeah, you bring up a great point. Yeah, could, could AI create back doors in this code, um, you know, at a certain level? You know, at a certain level, you would hope someone that's grabbing the code would be able to see that, but you're right. Now you're going to have lay, lay people that don't know what they're copy and pasting. Yeah. That's true. And nobody and I, has also the time about... to read the whole code, you know, and it's like, oh, I, I have a deadline to fulfill, you know, and then it's getting pasted all over the internet, and you have no idea where it is and what to talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it's, 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 it's like, it's, it's so important, obviously, that I hope, you know, OpenAI and these companies that kind of develop these tools, I, I hope they're being very, very secure with the, the, the root code that they're using too. Because, you know, I, I keep thinking of, is this manipulatable, right? Can I have chat GPT pull from my data set on the internet to purposely give people wrong info? Could I manipulate it? to like mess up like one of these services. And and I think the answer would be yes. How how do I do that? I don't know, but like, I just feel like this thing is pulling from data sources. And if you could ever find out where it's pulling from and how it's pulling from, I feel like there's a problem there too, where people could manipulate that. You could have, you know, digital terrorism where they, you know, they're, um, you know, trying to actually manipulate this stuff and create backdoors in the code and create things where there's um like small penises hidden in all the ai art you know things like that yeah. you know i think that like the, the the key thing that i hear on the internet where i, I sent you the video of john peterson uh, talking about that and what the future maybe will be and it's basically like there will be ai assistance hopefully for everybody you know if everybody has an open mm -hmm. ai it can protect you from like um, Google's or ChatGPT free or whatever, you know, and that would be a great thing because then you have like a protective layer, but that would be a really weird experience. Like if I have an AI and you have an AI and we talk to each other and both AIs are looking at each other and it's like, does he try to attack you? Does he try to get more resources out of you? You know, and it's like a weird um, four-way relationship on a two-people relationship. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you would not yeah. know if you can even trust your AI. You know, the paranoia of that would be just like mind-boggling. Well, yeah, it's it is. It's funny. It's like yeah, you almost have to have an AI that um, is almost like a, a firewall for other AI, right? So it's almost like you should have this other program that its whole purpose is for you to like upload what another AI made into it, and then have it actually check it for things like backdoors in the code and and malicious things in the files and stuff. Um, it's crazy because, you know, so where web design's gone, um, in the last 10, 15 years is, is going from a place where you make all of your own parts of the website to you're, you're putting together all these tools, um, to create a website, all these different, um, SaaS is what they're calling, but essentially software that allows you to, you know, that has one function to help you build kind of a, a larger thing. And, and I feel like that's going to how be, and you already see it now, but that's how AI is going to be, right? You're going to have this tool chest of different AIs. You have your visual composer, your, your audio AI, your video AI, your security AI, your coding AI, um, and yeah, and it's interesting because then you'll probably need an AI to control all the AIs. Um, so, so you know, it kind of goes back to my old 
um, example of, yeah, you're just going to be an art director, creative director, and you're going to have a staff of AIs that, that work for you. I um, mean, like, that's what a company is. You know, like, you hire a bunch of AIs that are actually physical human beings, and you hope they're not yeah. stupid, you know? And in the end, you don't know what you get, and it's like, ah. Uh, well, enough of that. So what are the things that Sean is experimenting the next year that is like maybe a new outlet? Because I feel like this is like a thing where we should focus on, you know, experimenting and seeing what sticks and what can give us fulfillment in a weird new world. Well, I do want to announce to everyone I've been um, doing my tarot polls. I do. Uh, I pull tarot cards every single morning. I think it's a good, uh, it's a good exercise for me to kind of give myself some kind of uh, vision of what's to come. And the last week has all been uh, pentacles, which is coins on the tarot card. So it's like the one of pentacles or the ace of pentacles. And what's interesting about all those things is it's all about um, you're going to make your money, you're going to make your fortune, and the creative things that you're doing or the missions that you're doing, they're they're all going to end up working out. So just keep trekking ahead. So, so I'm kind of leaning 100% on my tarot card cards where they're telling me that, yeah, things are going to work out. Just keep on the road. You're going to generate wealth. But, you know, so some of the things kind of, I just have it right next to me. I'll show you. So one of the things is going to be starting a clothing company with one of my clients called Fubar. Fubar. So we've just got all of this apparel printed up recently. So we're going to be uh, just built an online store. So we're going to be launching that here in the next month or so. So I'll probably promote that more on this, on, um, this podcast a little bit. Um, our own podcast definitely... Um, you know, blasting off, I think, uh, just keep working on this. And then, yeah, with the paintings and stuff, even that's kind of booming a little bit in terms of me getting it done quickly. Um, first time I got one of the paintings done in a month, which is a huge deal. The first painting I did that, uh, in my style was uh, a year and eight months. So it was a cool. big deal to get one done under a month. Um, so yeah, so it's a lot of that stuff. I think, you know, I'm in a place where I think financially I'm still reeling from the last year or two, but I, you know, for me, it always just comes back to that doesn't stop me from make, doing creative stuff, right? Sometimes I feel like I'm like the guy in the jail cell that's just like doing push-ups. Like you can't stop me. It doesn't matter. You can put me in a box. I'm still going to do creative stuff. Yeah, don't stop. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, how about you, man? How's your year looking? Where Where are you at? Oh, geez. Well, I'm in the same way financially, you know, like obviously getting like, um, railed by the the debt of the financial no medical issues and whatever and yeah. recovering try like as an entrepreneur or human being freelancer whatever you want to call yourself you have to fight on so many fronts like being a good like um being good with finances, being good with your work, being good with like your relationships and all that stuff. Obviously, I'm like, okay, I need to get better with my finances. Still need an accountant, still need to do this and that. Um, but where I need to get better is like, I want to distance myself from the digital medium and maybe start more playing guitar. And then I can implement that maybe if I feel myself, you know, maybe make a cool transition or an edit with it, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, building like kind of a circle, you know, like a, if I would do like a reel and I make a random reel with like my lens holder in it, for example, like I'm like thinking about that, just like exploring more human behavior, like basically being more new normal and going out and doing fun things instead of like, let's sit at home and let's grind this out and just like edit and, you know, post weird stuff. No, just be a human being and try to be like connect with people. So I'll like have to focus on that mm. more. Nice, and, nice. Well, yeah. that's great. That's basically me. Yeah, trying to do. No, it. that's 
That's awesome. No, I think it's great. That's cool to yeah. Here you're learning. You're gonna try to do the guitar again. Things like that. Um, yeah, maybe because, make yeah, a movie. I was thinking about that, and I'm like, Whoa. that would be kind of cool. Like good exercise. Yeah, yeah, lots of exercise, but a good exercise, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's because um, yeah, it goes back to like yeah, we're, we're, when we began our creative journeys, there was a sense of play, right? So it's like getting back to that play, have fun, get in your sandbox and make a mess, right? Yeah. I think uh, I get caught in that so long where it's like. We're just working every day. Every day there's a process and there's no real play. And I think, yeah, so that's great, man. It sounds like you're, you want to introduce more play into your world again. Get to a place where you're just having fun, just doing stuff for fun again. Yeah, because like, um, so it is like a little bit dark, but I'm like with the whole Ukraine war of Russia, you know, and they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to nuke you, blah, blah, blah. And like they are even sending out now Navy ships onto the Florida coast or like, you know, it's like, hmm. <laughs> you know this is like how hard should i push in this scenario like that you know or should i even push or should i just enjoy myself but i feel like the more you worry the less you do so the idea is like have fun play and evolve and see yeah well i love i love what you're saying i mean because um you know you never know how bad things may get in the future and it gets a little dark but these could be the good times i'm always reminding people of that like while yeah. we're all like depressed and angry and sad and and being busy being grumpy at each other like you know sometimes you, you should sit there and be like actually this may be the best moment for the rest of my life my my life may actually get harder and worse from here on out and here i am complaining yeah um and and someday in 10 years i may give anything you know when there's a nuclear winter and we're sitting in a bunker and we're eating you know expired campbell's soup out of cans you know and you know we're both like shaking from radiation poisoning <laughs> we're gonna love these days we're gonna be like damn i wish i could just complain about creativity again because that yeah. was the good old days um yeah. you know so it's true though it's like uh so I, that's why i love it yeah have some play right because I, I i know that i've seen people i i you know even my dad's a great example of you know, people that work their butts off their whole life, and then they think at the end of all of that work, there's going to be a big reward, and sometimes there's not. Sometimes there's no pat on the back. Sometimes there's no big celebration. It's just like, all right, you're done. Yeah. You missed all those family meals. You didn't take those vacations. You didn't ask out that girl, and here you are. Now yeah. you're you worked really hard, and so <laughs> yes, so. So yeah, man, play. I'm kind of in that same place too of like, whatever, man, even if I kind of use the, the, the crazy to the extreme example, but even if I had to bankrupt and default on all the loans and everything falls apart for me to enjoy my life, then that's worth it. It's still like, whatever, then just enjoy your life. There's no need to yeah. be in the stress, stress ball. Because on that note, like no matter what happens, usually you're physically fine. You know, like, let's say you don't get the gig, you lose your job, or maybe you go bankrupt or whatever happens. Mm -hmm. It's not like a life-ending situation. You always can rebuild. And there's like the one saying that I always say is like really good for my mindset is like, oh, yeah, if you want to be rich, you got to become like at least like a couple times bankrupt, you know? And I'm like, huh. So that you at least like learn to play. And then after you master the failing, you're actually winning longer, you know? And the, the scale becomes bigger. Instead of like making $10,000 a year, you're making twenty, And now you got bankrupt because you didn't file your taxes right or whatever. And then like – or something else happens, you restart, and now you fix that, and you scale to double or triple, you know, and then maybe something else happens, and what mm -hmm. you didn't learn beforehand, and same thing, you know, at one time, you, you learned it all, and then you just like better. That's yeah, yeah. Like well, it's, 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's great. I mean, I, I think it, it, it comes all back to um, you, you hit what you focus on, right? If I tell you not to hit a pothole, what are you going to hit? You're going to hit the pothole because that's what you're thinking of. Yeah. So it's like think of the solution, not the problem is, is always the biggest thing. So it's, yeah, so for the future, you know, it's, 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 it's just trying to, the solution's usually happiness, the, the solution's excitement, and, you know, so, so it's like, think about those things. For me, it's like, I've had such a tough year. I mean, there's so many negative things to think about. I think that's kind of why I hear, like, you know, you're like, well, what's going on in Sean's world? You, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, there's, I, I've that's talked a I lot want, about. I, I want to hear what is bad by Sean, what's good by Sean, so I learn from Sean, you know? We should do Yeah, it. yeah. Yeah. So it's like, and I think we do us. good at that. Yeah. I think it's good for I, I think we do good by that. Like people that watch actually get to see that this is that we're very rough, that our, our lives aren't like this perfect thing. We're not sitting here in our suit and tie, you know, making six figures a year. <laughs> oh, yeah, we forgot. Okay. But yeah, I, um, but you know, I, so it's so it is good, you know, so my, yeah, my life's a little bit tough now just because I think I'm in a weird inflection point, right? Where, where it's, I think things almost have to slow down and die before the next thing explodes and it's awesome. And I think I'm in that, that slow down and die phase, which isn't, you know, it's not necessarily bad. That's the thing is, it's funny, even talking about tarot cards, the, one of the cards is, is the card of death, right? And everyone thinks that's such a negative card, but it actually isn't. It usually means it's the death of all the things that weren't serving you. So there could be life of the new thing that will serve you. Yeah. So, um, so even you, it sounds like that where you're just like, you know, I could keep doing the same processes. I could keep going back to the same things, but maybe I'm going to go pick up a guitar. Maybe I'll yeah. make a, a short movie. And someone would be like, that makes no sense. How is it going to help you in your business? It's, it's not, how, that's not the answer, but yeah, maybe breaking like, the mold's enough. Just break the mold, you know, yeah. and that's enough to maybe get some new energy going in. Because, yeah, once you do the same things, it's just the same energy. You just keep recycling. Or if you do new things, you get new energy in, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, on that note, anything else going down in Sean's world where you're like, hmm, this would be of value for our creative followers and friends? Well, one thing that, you know, I'm, uh, you know, and I know she'll be watching this. She's one of our, our big fans, but, you know, yeah, I, I would amazing, say... Actually. She's like making that <laughs> ebook and everything. If you hear that, comment down below that you hear that. <laughs> oh, that's your girl. I was about to talk about my girl, but you're... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> your girl, your girl's making a neat book and she watches everyone too. So we both have the greatest girlfriends in the world. But, um, but yeah, but like, so with having a girlfriend, it's been very interesting for me because there's been times that I've had to, I'm someone that's very optimized of working and getting stuff done. And I'm, it's very easy for me. I'm sure you're the same way of losing sight on the things in life that are important outside of that, especially things that don't really give you anything. Right but you need to make time for. And I think with, with that, it's, it's, it's been a really good thing of like pushing myself to be like, not everything has to be optimized for work. So maybe, you know, going to a family reunion in the middle of Indiana, like that's, you know, fitting that time in because it's important, right? It doesn't like help the business, but it's important to life, right? Or, or, you know, making sure to go, come down to Florida and, and make sure to always plan other trips and that are not in Florida too with her, where we're constantly doing things that are fun. They're not, It's not always this work cycle of we just work every day. And, and it's been really good where it's, it's been a good thing for me where I can start to be like, you know what, I, I have to break that cycle of, of time is so important that everything has to have an outcome because maybe not, you know, maybe, maybe even like if your friend needs your help doing something and it's an event that won't do you any good and you already know it's going to waste both your time, it's still good to show up for that friend and be there for them. Um, yeah. So it's, 
So it's been a lot of that for me, where it's been a lot of like, yeah, don't don't try to optimize to this point, Sean, where you don't live your life outside of it. Sometimes you have to let your time be wasted outside of it, because then it's not really time wasted. That's very um, true. Yeah, that's one thing. Yeah. Oh, man, oh, man, good podcast. But, uh, good podcast so far. Um, <laughs> I'm happy that we made this um, today. And um, yeah, if you if you listen to this podcast, rate five stars on Instagram. Spotify, Apple, whatever. And yeah, we appreciate you. On that note, yeah, I yeah. want to make it a quick one and just hit um, hit us off to a good weekend. Oh, you got any cool major plans for the weekend? Uh, you know, I'm uh, just going to be uh, working. Got to clean the apartment up. But um, oh. yeah, just... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to be working. I actually have Dungeons & Dragons, so I'm going to have my Dungeons & Dragons campaign this weekend, which actually takes up way more time than I even care to admit. So if any of you out there are also Dungeon Masters or play Dungeons & Dragons, please comment, comment below and, um, and yeah, share in my in my time wasting in that. But it's like I said, there's no time wasted, right? You know, like sometimes we need it's to get life. out of web design land and sometimes we need to make crazy adventures in the Feywild for your adventures. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's a market to hit, you know, there's always a way to build a funnel and make it a full circle. Because like, I was like thinking about my land stand, for example, I should have a um, Shopify account, I should have an Instagram account, so I can like post an Instagram, get a Shopify sale, you know, and then I'm like, I could also add a Pinterest, you know, and then I get random views from Pinterest, linking to, you know, and like building that circle. And maybe that's what you should do. Maybe you should do like a... a Dungeons and Dragons YouTube channel and just like post about it and be like, hey, I'm Sean and doing web design. Well, you're kind of right, right? Like, so one thing that I am doing, and I, I guess this will be kind of one of my final things that I'm, I'm doing, because um, we could probably just go for hours on what Sean's doing, but um, is, <laughs> <What's Sean> doing? <laughs> is I want everything that I do to have some type of outcome. Um, and what I mean by that is, so things like Dungeons and Dragons, yeah, I'm kind of where you are is like, you know, I don't want to just jump to like, how do I monetize? How do I monetize? How do I monetize? But that doesn't need to happen in a, in a closet where nobody knows about it. Right. Yeah. So, so one thing that I have started to do, and I've already told my players this, and I'm using Jasper, um, copywriting AI to help me with this is, um, right. Uh, writing this as a short story. So writing what me and the players are doing as a short story as we do it. So, so it's pretty cool because the story is being written, as they're playing it out and how they're coming up with ideas too. So, so it's been kind of a fun thing. I got done with the first two sessions. I've actually typed it up as a short novel mm. now. And so, so my plan is to release it somehow. So this inspired me to something in a world where content becomes meaningless and everybody can have so much content, you know, and you have your group. Are you able to be sustainable from your group? Reason being, like, let's say you do the Dungeons and Dragons podcast, video, whatever service you offer related to the Dungeons and Dragons. Could you create a service that is like paying back, you know, to the creator of the service on in your group, you know, so that the group is becoming self-sustainable just by, you know, being like in their community, their own like little market, you know, because all the creative tools becoming so cheap and free that you don't really have to pay and spend a lot of time, but you still can be like, oh, yeah, I reward player one, for example, with um, a bunch of eggs because I'm a farmer, you know, and you basically um, mm -hmm. trade inside of your circle, you know, and you're becoming your goal is not to get external viewers and sales, what would be nice, but very rare, you know? So it becomes mm -hmm. like maybe a closed circle again. 
Well, it's cool because it's like, I think, you know, anyone that's really played Dungeons and Dragons really gets that. That's an experience. People come, they dress up. Some people put on candles and do crazy lighting and spend thousands of dollars on, on like a whole setup that looks like a dungeon, an actual dungeon or something. And so there already is this kind of, I, you know, this, this love around like, let's create content for ourselves, right? Like, let's make this, let's, let's make all this cool stuff just for us to enjoy. And it's, then it almost has value again, right? It's almost like when yeah. you take away the need to make money off of it, it actually becomes valuable again in a weird way. So it's um, so like for them, you know, using mid-journey AI art during the campaign so new for all of them. There's been, uh, you know, and they're, they've played D&D &D for years and they're telling me like, I've, we've never, I've never had this where, where you go to a place and then you show me this cool picture that actually relates to the place. And, and then, you know, I'm using another tool that makes these digital maps where then I can pull it into Photoshop, put like a, a layer above it and actually have it like it, it, like a video game. Whereas you move through the level, I'm actually like, showing like where you are on the level and everything else is cloudy so it's like a video game so it's like using this technology to try to kind of one up old dungeons and dragons how can we get it to this level so even on spotify I have different playlists for different scenes so when you go into the feywild it's all these like whoa crazy trippy songs and when you go into the creepy dungeon i have all these creepy dungeon songs in another playlist so <laughs> so yet again it's it's finding all these tool sets and then creating kind of my own little custom thing with it. Yeah, yeah. You need a new Instagram account like Sean the Dungeon Master and just like Sean the Dungeon sir. Master. I've been thinking about it like Dungeon uh, like D and D and D like Dungeon <laughs> Design. No, no, Dungeon Master. Call it Dungeon Master. Sean the Dungeon it's Master and Sean offer your services Master. like Spotify playlist with like uh, custom maps with um, whatever. There's always a service. <laughs> I, will, I will curate your Dungeons and Dragons game. I'm I mean, it'd be really, it would be kind of a fun thing. It would be cool. But, um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it that's so my life. I mean, All you have to do is like whip up like, um, um, you know, I sent, I think I sent you the story today with like um, a guy is like making a reel basically to advertise like, hey, if you want to get more clients, you have to um, pay for advertising. And I'm like, oh, this is a good reminder for myself. I need to do that so I can target other people and in the same style, just like addressing them like, hey, you need reels like this to make money with whatever you're selling and i'm like huh mm -hmm. yeah hmm yeah 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 i mean yeah i mean it's yeah I, uh, possibilities are endless in this time and they, age they are they are it's just like yeah just come up with your own yeah your own to-do lists and things and, and just start hacking away at it but yeah you're right there's a million things you can do so just just start doing something is, is the biggest thing but <laughs> i mean for you i guess so so the guitar i want to know like what, what's the first thing you're going to learn on guitar what's uh what's your first step to get back in the so, guitar? so I saw like a really inspiring reel that looked really cool and I'm like, oh, let's recreate that. Just put it in a drop tuning, you know, like C or whatever and shred a little bit mm -hmm. and then make it look cinematic. That's the, the main goal. Just having fun with it, you know, and basically getting an amp going again because like I think I have Rocksmith guitar or whatever it's called and I have the cable yeah. still so I don't really need an amp. But I don't know how responsive it will be on the PC, how good it will be. But I kind of want to do that, you know, and then just like maybe get fall in love with learning again because it's about the learning and implementing versus like what you know and what you can do, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And who knows? It's it's um, what I would suggest to you, too, is try try to just let your creativity go wild. I mean, I think you're great at that. I mean, that's the thing where we talk about kind of how you have like this kind of ADD. And we talk about it almost like it's an issue, but it's also valuable, too, I think, yeah. where like throwing you in the mix could be really fun where you're playing with the guitar. You're like, wait, I can make like a whole soundboard library and things like that. And I think that's kind of the way to go. <laughs> your whole screen is shaking. 
<laughs> Getting the call right there. <laughs> Sorry, I always get call calls on this camera during these podcasts. Oh, you know, this, but I, I feel like you know, like if you have like a weakness, it's also a superpower. You know, I was like telling to Rachel, you know, you hit your hat and you're like having a major life changing experience, and you got very lucky. Mm -hmm. And theoretically, people are getting like, um, or usually people get really demotivated and bumped down because of the experience. But this is also a way how you can inspire, create, and be like, hey, sell a book, tell about your story, you know, be, be a role mm -hmm. model. There's so many ways to monetize a weakness. Um, it's actually kind of good to be like a little bit fucked up, you know? If you have a pain or a journey, it's a superpower. Like ADHD, your attention is everywhere. You can lean into mm -hmm. it or you can try to fix it and good luck with that. You most definitely, you will be not as good as somebody who's like not, ha not having ADHD and really calculated, really good. And if you take medicine, you're just like not ADHD, uh, not really good. So it's like you lose your superpower kind of in a sort of way, you know? Obviously, yeah, yeah. it can be good, can be bad. Well, what I would actually say, I and, and I don't know this for a fact, but I would argue people with ADHD actually have a one-up because I think – it, having having that that quickness to change gears and fly all over the place is also kind of cool too and i think it's easier to learn to focus than it is to learn to become unfocused in a good way yeah. if that makes sense like so if you have add i think you can do meditation i think you can you know take um you know medicine and take it responsibly but if you were someone that's almost too analytical it's harder to teach that guy to like well why don't you break the rules more why don't you jump out of your lane more cuz yeah. honestly I think we can all talk down to people with ADD, but some of the coolest ideas ever made were from people with ADD that like were like, I just have this crazy idea, and there's literally no reason for me to have this idea, but I'm going to have it right now. Yeah, and that's because some I, of the coolest stuff. Yeah, I feel like there's like um, that is like a special skill, you know. Whatever personality type you are, you know, and whatever skill set you have, if you lean into it, there's like a way. If you hit the right spot for the right time. Let's say you have ADD and you're just like, okay, I'm very passionate about that. How long can you keep mm -hmm. the passion going and how hard can you push that one project till you completely burn out and create the most epic thing where it's a new thing and the other guy with not ADD would not jump onto it. And if he would jump onto mm -hmm. it, he maybe would do it too, but it's like different, you know? So it's like you have to hit your superpowers yeah. basically really head on and just like embrace it and see how you can use it in a meaningful way versus like, oh, I should not spend so much time on this because I have ADHD mm -hmm. and I should stick with the old thing that I'm not caring about. You know, that could be like the wrong move at the wrong time. But you don't know yeah. until you try. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, there you go. It's 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 about trying and like you know to to kind of um, wrap it into your guitar playing. It's like when you tune a guitar string, you want to tune over tune it. So 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 lean in too much to your thing, but then you want to tune it back to the right place. And I almost feel like that's what it ends up being. So if you're ADD and you jump out of your lane and you're kind of good at coming up with ideas, lean into that, kind of overdo it, but then bring it back a bit. So yeah. go too far, then come back. And I feel like, you know, so if you're the opposite, if you're very analytical and stuff, then lean into the analytical, but then make sure to come back, you know, maybe get external. Like I was saying earlier, what Rick Rubin's advice was is get out, get outside yourself, go take a walk, do something completely different. You know, if you're a videographer, play guitar. If you're a guy that makes websites, go throw a disc at a chain, you know, 
Um, yeah. Do something that has nothing to relate with what you're doing. And um, yeah, so that's what I would say too is, yeah, lean into what you, you have, but also balance it with the opposite. Yeah, it, it, there's a there's a definitely a way of living, you know, with your weaknesses and strengths. Because like, if you're an analytic person, I can really see like, okay, I need to step back and be less analytic and relax more. And I feel like that is like the big difference between us. You know, I'm like, I need to work harder and get really deep into it. And you're like, no, I need to lean back. And I'm like, huh, is that really the thing? You know, so I'm like, you actually, you need to step back because you're going too deep and too hard on it. And I'm just like, I'm not going hard enough on the things I care about. You know, I should be just like all over it. And I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah. But you, you saw yeah. me on a computer, like with the mouse, it drove you nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're the first person I actually had to, I think I had to tell you to shut up, which I never do. <laughs> it was like such a weird thing where I actually had to say, shut up, it's a shut up for one second. Because cause your brain was moving faster than even my brain, which is great. But it's like for someone that can't keep up, they're just like, wait, no, stop. No, wait, hold on. No, yeah. no, no, you're on the, no, stop, stop <laughs> talking. It's like, it's this one where like, he's, ah. <laughs> but you know, but. <laughs> But if you can like hone that though, it's like probably insanely powerful where you're like this, okay, this, okay, this, this, now this, now that. And that's yeah. really cool too. I mean, just like, yeah. So when you play your guitar, I mean, I, I would be really interested to just see how your brain will work. Cause as you start playing, you'll be like, wait a minute, that's cool for this. And you'll go over there and do this. Like, wait a minute, can I use it? And then I'll run it through AI. AI, what do you think? Oh, all right, cool. And <laughs> like this, yeah, like, but if which that, is cool. Far train, if you could keep that going, you know, like, oh, I had a crazy idea, let's do this. And you execute on it. And then you keep mm -hmm. it going and you execute on the next crazy idea. You become like a really crazy experiment out of it, you know, mm -hmm. where if you're too analytical, okay, I'm doing that AI thing. And now you overanalyze that, you know, putting that into the AI. What could evolve mm -hmm. into a masterpiece if you really um, hone that um, focus too. But it's like you, yeah. you have to hone the focus or you have to hone the ADD, you know, and just like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I'm sure this has already been set out there, but it's focused play. I feel like if you can be focused and play, I mean, that's, that's where it all comes from, but don't lose the sense of play. So I think what you got's great, man. And something that I'm trying to get better at is get back to just having fun, play, play in it. And even if you have to be like, fine, I'm scheduling a whole hour just to play, then just do that. You know, um, it's one thing I think, especially professionals in offices, they don't get to that place where they get to play. They just get to this place where they got to produce. Um, so yeah, man. I'm excited to hear what uh, how your experiments go, man. Play, oh, you will see away. on Instagram. <laughs> Good, because you actually post. <laughs> I don't post. <laughs> yeah, we, we got this. On that note, um, thanks for the amazing podcast. I hope I see you soon here in Florida, and then we have a real podcast with 4K and all that jazz. And yeah, I also want to do like the Blender 3D Studio kind of sort of thing. You, you need to get a green screen. Can you go in more debt and buy a green screen for 20 bucks? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you're soon. I think, yeah, we'll look at things like yeah. OBS, green screens, all these fun things. Yeah. But for all of you out there, help Sean buy a green screen. Buy one of these mugs. They are no, actually if, five. If, 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 if everyone buys like about five or six of these mugs, I, I can I can afford a green screen. So, so, <laughs> so go ahead. Buy five or six. These will go into the vault here soon one. enough. This one is yeah. better because it has oh, logos and everything. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, come well, on. this oh, one's better for camera. So if you want to look good during the podcast yeah, and be yeah. able to have a read, it'll. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, so better. thank you, everybody. Um, keep <laughs> commenting, keep liking, keep subscribing. We appreciate it a lot. So thank you, everybody. Bye.